Good evening, you're listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. With me tonight, we welcome back a couple returning guests. Uh, first, our buddy from Idle Thumbs and Double Fine, Chris Remo. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thanks, good to be back on Three Moves Ahead. And we also welcome back our friend, freelance writer, Rowan Kaiser. Hello, thanks for having me back. So today we're going to be talking about uh, SimCity, which has obviously been all over the news lately uh, for probably not the reasons anyone at Maxis uh, really originally intended. Uh, but there you go. We're, you know, we're not going to belabor the points about DRM and always online connectivity so much on the show. We're really just going to be discussing uh, how SimCity approaches the city building genre, uh, some of the choices it made. But you can't talk about that without also talking about some of the uh region features that were that were sort of baked into the game uh so you know chris i i thought i'd like to start with you and you can sort of lead us into the discussion and maybe talk a bit about uh i saw you on twitter the other day talking about your you you seemed really frustrated with sim city in that you could see the game it could be and yet you felt it like it was always sort of knocking on the door of that experience but never quite getting there yeah, that's definitely how I feel. It's funny um, having come to the full game after playing in the beta a couple times because I feel like at least the way that I was playing the beta, which was in a, a live stream situation with Jake from Idle Thumbs, we uh, you know we played the game for an hour. You were hard limited to an hour in the beta, and I feel like that was just enough time to not expose a lot of the things that I now find frustrating about the game. Because you start from scratch, and then within an hour, you've built up a city, uh, but you haven't really maxed it out. You haven't, you, you, you know, we weren't doing any of the any of the uh, uh, network stuff. I don't even know if that was enabled in the beta. Whether or not it was, we didn't do it. Um, so it was. I had this really great impression because all the stuff that SimCity does well was is entirely evident in the first hour, which is, for one thing, it's just beautiful, which I, to me actually goes a long way in a simulation uh, game because a lot of, you know, part of the point of a simulation is to evoke some interesting part of reality and a lot of the interesting parts of reality are how it looks. Um, So a simulation that is quite beautiful to me uh, has at least something going for it. Um, And the, the other thing that, that was interesting uh, to me in those, those hour long betas was the simulation model, which is, a city made up of individual Sims that are each represented uh, in their little cars and on foot and uh, as they get onto public transportation and they go to a job and come home. And all that stuff is very evident in the beta. Um, but that's the stuff that really, I think, breaks down in a lot of ways after that hour mark once you start getting to the point where you're maxing out your city plot. Um, and they they ran into, I think, something that's very easy to... A, a very easy flaw uh, to come on, come upon in a in a simulation that aims for high fidelity, which is that you're constantly missing the forest for the trees. Like they have all these little trees that live in houses and run all over the city, but the the forest that is your city uh, ends up the fidelity of that larger simulation ends up suffering um, because there there is something intangible that happens when you have more than a certain number of individual actors and that the the entirety of the organism that they're all making up has its own character and uh and kind of flow and that's the thing that i don't think is actually modeled very well in this game um it doesn't seem like the 
combined meaning of all of these people interacting actually amounts to much. I, I feel like my city is always just sort of arbitrarily this or that, you know, one minute, Oh, it's incredibly important that I, that I have more shoppers. And then the next minute, all my businesses are really happy because I have all these shoppers and I haven't done anything in between those two, you know, the, the, those two complaints or the state updates. Um, and I, there's just something lacking from the coherency of the overall thing. It feels like the systems don't really interact. Like there are all these little things that I can see what they're kind of trying to do, but they just don't come together in a way that I can understand. You know, I think I would, what, what's funny is that I, I think they actually do interact. They just interact at a low level constantly and you can never get above the noise. So here's, here's an example of this. Like if you guys have ever seen um, algorithms that that generate interesting noise, like if you go into Photoshop and just add a, a noise layer uh, to to your image, you just get a bunch of static because it's all a bunch of little random things that all happen, um, and each one of them is individually like you you think about oh what's an interesting randomly generated uh, image you know and you 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 come up with images like oh crazy I don't know something looks like a fractal or some like crazy pattern or something. But when you, when you allow a simulation to operate at too much of a low level, often everything just averages out to be kind of the same, you know, like what they actually, I I think what they actually needed to do was impose more of the, of some kind of filter or, um, high level simulation, not just the low level stuff that's going on. I mean, I do get the sense that all these systems are talking to each other. I mean, there, you do have people who go to a job every day. It's a different job every day, but whatever. They come back to a home every day. They're all on the streets in traffic, but there's, it doesn't feel like there's anything at a higher level kind of parsing that or like imposing some kind of larger urban um, interpretation of what all that low-level stuff means. Um, so you just have a bunch of low level stuff that's all bouncing around, interacting with with each other, but it doesn't really amount to much. Right now, uh, and it really, I mean, so much of this just comes down to some really interesting and, uh, it, as we see it in practice, odd decision, odd decisions they made about how they would model the life of a city. And I remember because uh, I wrote a cover story on it for a PC power plant Australia. So like we were part of the first press briefing here. Here's what this is going to be. And one of the things that sounded really cool was this idea that, uh, yeah, every sim was sort of modeled individually. And yes, they had amnesia, you know, go to a different job every day, go to a different, uh, you know, home, home every night. But the idea would be that, you know, uh, when you add all these interactions together, that you're going to get actually a really impressive, um, like high fidelity model model of the life of a city. And this is a big improvement over their old system for modeling cities, which was always uh, statistic, statistically based uh, was their explanation that you know you'd have you'd have sort of a, hi- a higher level uh, algorithm running, sort of looking at the the flow of uh, you know activity in the city, and it would be like okay, there should be a bunch of cars here, there should be a traffic jam on this street, and it doesn't matter what individual sims are doing, it's just looking at you know with this arrangement with this configuration of buildings, this is what's going to go on, and it seemed really cool that you're switching to this sort of uh, what sounded like a more natural. Uh, way of modeling a city. All these little individual actors making choices every day. And now that we see it in practice, it sort of seems like 
they simplified it's almost like it's almost exactly backwards it's simplified in the wrong ways and complicated in the wrong ways that trying to create a coherent city model out of all these little amnesiac sims uh going about their business every day you actually start getting these these weird weird distortions like you know is is something really going wrong or have all the um you know it's all it's almost like you, you know that like how it is physically possible for all the oxygen to end up in a corner of the room and you you could suffocate but that never that never never actually happens in sim city it seems like that almost happens all the time that all the, the all the little people just get bottlenecked somewhere and can't find the shop that's across the street from them you see this again and again and so you end up having you know, the, the Sims themselves are these really simple creatures driven by, you know, I've got to go to the appropriate job every day. I've got to go spend money and get happiness. But what that turns, what that turns out to do is, you know, the, the individuals are actually almost maybe too simple and uh, too scatterbrained to function as uh, convincing actors in the, in the system. And what that leads to is your city starts to feel, uh, God, for lack of a better word, I, I guess I'd say weirdly lifeless, uh, which is strange. It's full of all these little teeming individual sims. But a lot of my time is spent just waiting for, uh, you know, the marbles to shake themselves out and figure out that, okay, there's stores down the street. There's industry across town you know just just figure it out you bastards um i think that the higher level thing that is missing is failure like it is really difficult to straight up not get sim city right and i think part of that is that um because the systems weren't interacting either coherently or uh, transparently enough they basically made it really difficult to get it wrong so last night i saw this video that was basically a time-lapsed um, someone making a time-lapse city that was nothing but residential zones and utilities and parks. And this city, all the Sims were like complaining and there wasn't enough shopping and they didn't have jobs, but the city just kept growing. Everything was working fine visually. The systems that it had for feedback were not working, but everything or the systems that it had for like statistical feedback, like what they say, what, what they say about what they want just wasn't actually what they seemed to want. Um, so you had a, this city filled with unemployed Sims who had nothing to do ever, and it functioned perfectly. That's the kind of thing that is, I, in in the in the um, in the context in which that was presented, because I, I know this, I know what you're talking about. I've seen that as well. That is um, obviously something is wrong there with the way that they're simulating uh, these agents. But it points to um, to segue to the network stuff. It actually points to something that I wish worked better, um, which was interregion uh, commerce and commuting. Um, because I, I feel like it, it in the in the game that they intended to make, it should be entirely possible to have a residential only city, sort of a bedroom community for a neighboring industrial or commercial zone where people commute every day. I mean, that's the kind of thing that. With the smaller city size and with the, you know, the online, always online stuff, that's the exact kind of thing that it seemed like they were implying would be totally possible in this game and feels like it should be possible in this game because the small city plot means you really can't, you really, you, you hit that wall relatively quickly, um, you know, within a few hours or, or faster if, you, if you've played before. Um, and then at that, you really need to start specializing. I mean, there, there are things... Uh, I, I'm building a city right now that is heavily uh, resource driven. So it's I have an oil field that's 
covers 30% of my map and I, and I needed to make it that big just to hit the minimum daily oil profit requirements to be able to build uh, a refinery. Um, so the game clearly knows people are going to be devoting entire cities to particular specializations because a lot of the basic requirements for building advanced uh, structures demand that you do so. But it doesn't... It also says it when you're building the city. It says, it, when you're choosing your claim, it says, this is great for oil right. or this is exactly, great for population. Yeah. And you really need to just, div especially when you're doing um, uh, re resources that have to be mined you with physical area, then you, you really need to say, okay, a huge chunk of the city is just going to be that. Which means, okay, that, that strongly implies the rest of my region should have areas that are uh, more beautiful and and more residential in nature, but the the commuting stuff, like everything else in the game, is just it is so hard to read and so hard to get a sense that there's any actual trend going on. I mean, to me, that's the that's the biggest thing that's lacking in this game is is strong trends of anything. You know, I mean, the individual systems all work technically, sort of, even if they even if they're inefficient a lot of the time, but discerning any kind of overall actual motion is just crazy. I mean, I'll have businesses that are shutting down one minute and then prosperous the next. And I feel like I'm constantly bulldozing and rebuilding. And it's weird to me that new businesses can't even just move into the old ones. You have to constantly bulldoze everything. I mean, there's just things and it just feels like everything is so impermanent in this game from people's desires um, to the kind of health of your city uh, to um, just the, the overall kind of character uh, of a neighborhood or city. I mean, everything just seems so almost random at times. And it's clear that it's not random. It's just that's what happens when you're simulating so much at such a low level without imposing any kind of somewhat prescriptive uh, uh, trends. Like there's the thing that is interesting that, that the reason um, statistical mo uh, simulation works is because we observe those patterns in reality and we say, okay, here's what tends to happen in a city of this size with this general population in this kind of climate and blah, 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 blah. And we can drill it down to however we want. And you can hypothesize as to why this happens. And maybe it's because individual people do this, or maybe it's because groups of people past a certain size do that. Maybe it's because this is what people of this income like or don't like, but ultimately it doesn't matter. We know it works because empirically we see that that's how those things turn out. It's actually really hard to drill down to the individual person layer and declare, I know this is how people work so specifically that we can model all of these individual people and, and then that's going to turn into something uh, emergent in a way that's actually believable and maps to the real world. Like that's really hard to do. And I actually think that the fact that they tried to is incredibly admirable and ambitious. And I, I, I think it's really cool that they took this approach, but I wish there would have been some middle ground where they could have at a certain point said, okay, a lot of the things that this low-level simulation allows us to do are really interesting. However, we're lacking some of that larger scale coherency. Maybe we need to figure out a design uh, tenant that allows us to impose a little more top-down order because that's that's the thing that's missing. And it's like, it just ex it's just exacerbated, unfortunately, when you scale up to multiple cities in the same region and there are just even more variables and kind of potential for things to just not be clear, you know, and to, to not work as harmoniously as you'd like them to. Well, I think that's one of the things that um, when people talk about how the, the 
always online thing is a marketing decision and not a a uh, um, game driven decision and then that the smaller cities are kind of a marketing decision and not a game driven decision because that forces the co-op that allows the online always online i think those things add like an extra layer of arbitrariness to the simulation mm -hmm. it prevents the sort of reality and the game does not do a good enough job in having something else to replace those um so you get it's not just that it isn't conveying its information well it's also that the the reasons that it's not conveying some of the information well are things that i don't care about and that is really frustrating. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, although I do, you know, to Rob's point earlier, or not to Rob's point, but to when Rob was talking about my reaction to this, which is when uh, I was talking about it on Twitter last night, and that's when he invited me to come on the show. Um, there are moments when I'm playing, I've been playing um, a regional game with uh, my friend Nick, who's also on the Idle Thumbs podcast. And I, there are times where I look at our region and it's just one of the most beautiful things I've ever made in a video game. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of pan down into my city and I'll see over a ridge and there's Nick's city and it's at night and I can see his skyscrapers peeking out over in the background and I can see all of his, in the morning, I'll see the buses with, uh, like I, I ran a sporting event in my new city and, you know, hundreds of people bust in from one of my other cities to come attend the event. And I'm like, oh my God, this stuff was amazing. This stuff was incredible. And it th at those moments, it just, everything's beautiful. I have like a 20 minute period where things make sense, you know, and I, I understand why things are happening and I can see this interesting, these migration uh, patterns for specific reasons. And I'm like that, this is just great. This is, I totally see what they were going for, you know, and then five minutes later, it's like suddenly for no reason, all the shopkeepers are moving out because there's no tourism, even though I just ran this incredibly successful t tourist tourism event. And it's like, I just don't know what, <laughs> I just don't know what's going on yeah. in this game. I, I think, you know, I think what was lost in large part with these uh, amnesiac sims is there's no, there's no sense of inertia to anything in SimCity. Yeah. That's, that's what I meant when I was talking about trends earlier. Yeah, and that's actually a huge problem for, for a city builder in particular because here's the thing. like we, we all live in cities. You know what I mean? Like City characters grow and evolve slowly, and people aren't just these you know, unmoored actors, you know, floating from job to job, place to place, based on whatever's convenient. And actually, the... the, the uh, past of a city plays a huge role in its future development. You know, like a residential neighborhood mm -hmm. tends to stick as residential for years and years and years. It might change character, but it's going to be a place where people live year, for year after year yeah, and are going to commute to local jobs. In SimCity, you have almost like no sense of, of that being the reality because in that model, that isn't the reality. People are just going to fill whatever vacant living space is available to them, and there's and there's no there, there's no pushback from decisions you made earlier. And actually, I, I sort of follow with this a little bit because I, I find when I'm trying to, you know, with those first steps I'm, I'm taking to try to create a city, I'm going to claim a new region, I start trying to think about how I'm going to grow it over time, how it's going to evolve, how it's going to expand. 
And really, I don't need to be worrying about that planning all that much. Like, this is actually not a city builder where you have to plan a great deal. Because all it really takes is once you have a big enough, you know, wad of cash, you can just demolish half your city and rebuild it as something completely different. And there's no there's no sense of the actual disruption that would accompany that kind of change, taking yep, a city absolutely. from a steel town to a tourist town. How the hell does that happen? That sounds like a really fascinating and difficult problem. But in SimCity, what it really comes down to is having a bankroll and just being like, okay, we're all in tourism now. And okay, that's it. I completely agree with you. I, there, everything feels so impermanent that I, I actually find that the biggest impediment to just mass bulldozing of a given neighborhood is my own self-imposed yep. emotional attachment to a particular uh, layout or neighborhood or whatever. And I, and it irritates me that I know that there's absolutely nothing that it, that will hurt the game, the game or the city at all, except for except for that. I mean, it, once I get over my own aversion to doing that, it doesn't matter. Build those everything stuff will rebuild instantly. Um, and I I find it very strange. The one area where that's not the case, which is incredibly infuriating, infuriating to me, um, is uh, uh, non renewable resources like. Uh, water. I guess water is technically renewable, but it seems to renew at such a slow rate that it's that it's a meaningless. Yeah. What, hap- what happens just, when you s- pump a city up? By the way, I haven't done it yet. But uh, I've got a city it's just that's I, getting close. I don't know. Um, so the you know you you can survive your city can survive for quite a while um, just on water tanks, but then at a certain point that becomes really area inefficient, and you need to switch to right. the large water pumping station. And that thing just drains the the water table. I mean, it it just chews through it. It's crazy. Um, and so I'll I'll have these these water um, pumping facilities that have like eight of the additional I don't know whatever the maximum is. It just will have just half a dozen attached water pumped, and it'll take up an entire neighborhood of my town. And then the you know after an hour, the water table will be completely dry. And then what am I supposed to do? Just bulldoze a different neighborhood and re- and just build bulldoze my old water treatment facility as well, and then just build a new one? I mean, it seems and, like and in SimCity, the answer is yes. Yeah, but that's just it's baffling. It feels like something is going wrong. Like that's not how the world works. I mean, I understand wanting to make a point about uh, about our natural resources, but it's like it's exaggerated to such an insane degree, especially because uh, the timescale in this game is so slow. Understandably, because if we're actually going at a speed equivalent to what you're doing in the game, the day-night cycle would be like just constant. So whatever, fair enough. But it means you're just draining entire like a square mile of water in like a month. I mean, it's just a weird, weird thing. I I I find it really off-putting, and it it draws attention. Every time I have to do that, it draws attention to the impermanence of everything in the game from that high-level kind of bulldozing neighborhoods to the really low-level just fundamental economic conditions changing just constantly back and forth within an hour. You know, it's just there's never any permanence to anything, Um, which is funny because visually the game does such an amazing job of representing a, a modern city with all of its kind of many eras of architecture and kind of mixed, uh, you know, mixtures of, of neighborhoods and densities and wealth levels and all, all of that stuff, which in reality is all products of, of long-term, uh, ongoing development and redevelopment, um, in, in slow motion, 
all that stuff is captured incredibly well. And it kind of makes me, it makes me less surprised or uh, it makes me not surprised that this game was led by an art director. Um, you know, uh, um, what's the guy's name? Ocean, Ocean Quigley, Quigley, who's been a longtime art director at Maxis and was also a creative director on this game. And I feel like the art direction in this game is just absolutely off the charts. It's just incredible. Um, but it feels like that's where the game's true soul is. And it, it it's lacking in a lot of the other core stuff. I, I would go so far to say it's unfinished. Like this game feels like a game that needed three or six more months and it got shoved out the door and they made sure that it looked polished enough to feel forgivable and that the systems were not the systems or the um, how the information of those systems interaction was not tested and tweaked sufficiently. I, you know, but uh, see, it's so it's so hard to guess at stuff like that for me, at least because yeah, I agree. Because on, on the one hand, like there are things that do feel unfinished because it doesn't behave the way I want a city builder to behave. But on the other hand, like to like just to go to your point about the fact that you can't really fail uh, in this game. That you know you mentioned earlier, Rowan, and yeah. I think that's very much like. That's very much, I think, kind of a Max's value. That, like, well, no, these are, are you know, these are more sandbox type experiences. Uh, so, you know, we're going to create, we're going to create a floor uh, for you that you're you're not going to fall past this point. And so, you know, even if no matter what, no matter what goes wrong, you're still going to have your wealth one uh, residence, you know, chilling out in your city, and you'll still be able to turn your finances around somehow. Uh, and that's just the way this game is going to function. What uh, what sort of baffles me is that I guess this sort of came up with that with that letter uh, that that Bradshaw released to the community as well that we considered making it an offline experience at one point, but that didn't fit with our vision. And what really the the feeling I really get from this game is in some ways like the vision didn't survive contact with reality, but it yeah. just seems like Maxis were so married to their vision that they never really went back because because I think at a certain point they need to really start reconsidering fundamental parts of how this game works, and it feels like there was either it could have been lack of time, but I would actually bet you it was more a lack of willingness to reconsider the way they oh. the way they created it, this game. It's probably both. I mean, there's the the two of them interact and game development a lot from what i can tell i feel like the six months that this game theoretically needed is like six months in the past not six more months from now right like <laughs> it needs to go back a few steps and be like okay maybe at a maybe to a certain like to a point this type of simulation that we've decided on uh is is really interesting but up to that point we need we need to bridge the gap to maybe the more traditional simulation uh, models. And that that's the point at which I feel like this game, it would be hard to kind of fix it in an additive way. I, I think there's a lot of rethinking that would need to go on. Well, I mean, the, the evidence that I kind of see for the, the idea that it needed more time was like when they talked about the, the traffic issues and now they're starting to try and do something so that the Sims wait each traffic option. That seems to me like something that should have been considered a lot easier because, I don't know, you play for two hours, you're going to see huge traffic jams and get really frustrated. It, it seems really clear. But, you know, here, um, but I don't know. See, here's the thing, though. Like, I, I've seen these traffic issues coming up a lot, and I do understand, like, they are frustrating. But it is so far down the list of, like, f like things that yeah. I, I care about with regard to this game. Because in a weird way, because, because again, the Sims are so bizarrely 
indifferent to whatever the hell is going on in their lives that yeah i had like i had a city that was just like run through with gridlock it was it was complete nightmare and nothing changed like things just <laughs> kept humming along like people spent I, I watched them spend like an entire day and a night working their way up an avenue to the expressway and they were like yeah that's cool i'll be back tomorrow now, well, I think uh, it goes to something that Chris said earlier about how um, I think I think it was in terms of bulldozing things that how the the ease with which you could bulldoze kind of led him to see the gaps in how the game was built. Um, there are just so many different things that let you see where those gaps yeah. are, and one of those things is the traffic, and I think that might be the big one right now for that you see online, but. Um, for me, it was partially the traffic and partially the commuting because I tried to do like the heavy industrial um, resource intensive city next to a, a residential city and I couldn't see how and why my sims were commuting. It didn't make any sense to me. And then I would start asking myself, is it me or is it the game? And the more I read, I realized that it was just the game having all these different things that didn't make overt sense. They might, they have to make internal sense. Um, I mean, it's there's there's there are calculations going on, but there are, to me, um, I just didn't see it, and I'm not sure that it's possible to see unless you're Tyler Wilde. Well, yeah, yeah, and and we should give a shout out to uh, Tyler's amazing breakdown uh, over on PC Gamer of exactly how uh, SimCity is working and not working. Uh, he really, um, I didn't even want to think about the amount of time he spent like counting Sims going in and out of buildings and uh, tracking <laughs> behavior. Oh, I but seen he's, that. that sounds amazing. Oh my god! Like SimCity, like he just went full um, like Sim anthropologist on this and just started like counting the ants and the antel basically to start figuring out uh, what was going on in the model uh so we'll, we'll definitely link to that uh you know in the uh in the in the in the forum thread uh, for this episode but i think something that uh maxis really underestimated was the danger of their region system because yeah. whenever you create a two-layer uh game like that where 95 percent of the player's time is going to be spent in their city doing the traditional mayoral activities but supposedly the what's going on at the macro level with these other re, with these uh, in the region with these other player cities what the, the choices they're making that's supposed to be a very big deal but the problem is i think you you run into a major feedback problem of how do all these things really interact like okay i get news that like somebody has a fire truck coming uh, they have a spare fire truck they volunteered for regional emergency re, emergency response that's cool, but is that really something that is is going to become a, a major factor in, in my decision making? What my region basically turned into is whoever became the power plant city became the power plant, and we just sort of, like I sort of siphoned off them. Or if I was the power plant, I'd just let people siphon off me. But when it came to things like how do workers commute from place to pla place to place? How do goods travel along these roads and how, you know, where the raw material city is powering the manufacturing city? I never got a good feeling for how all of this worked or that there was even anything really that we had to do to work together to make the region uh, work better as, as an organism. It just, it, it just, like, we all existed sort of independently with these weird um, crossovers happening that I don't think anybody felt like they had control over or really understood you mentioned two of the ones that i really got confused by and one of those is the like fire trucks because i know i didn't volunteer a fire truck and that fire truck is coming over 
um, like when I was doing two different cities in the same region. And second, the manufacturing goods was, I think, the breakthrough moment for me when I realized that this game was just not communicating properly to me, was when I discovered that the, the goods that come from industry that you have to send to a warehouse, those are just, they only exist to send to a warehouse. They have yeah. nothing to do with being shipped from city to city. They have nothing to do with money that you earn. They just need to have, they just need to be moved around. You're talking and about that freight? Was, apparently yeah, freight. freight yeah, yeah, freight can also apparently be sold. Well, not apparently. Apparently, well, I built a, an airport last night, and then you can also build freight uh, cargo shipment things at an airport, and possibly also from the sea-based trade yeah. port. But I don't but I don't know why not on trucks for some reason. Like I there there are weird that is just a thing that just seems inconsistent and strange and I don't understand what that's supposed to convey. I don't know what I'm supposed to uh, take from that. <laughs> it's just very well, weird and arbitrary. One of the forum posts that I read suggested that originally there was supposed to be a system where your sims go to industrial areas they make freight that freight gets shipped to commercial zones and they go and buy the things so this is how they make the money this is how they spend the money so mm. it was like a closed loop and then apparently maxis broke that closed loop because because it, because since it was closed it was too easy to come up with like a perfect way to play right but there are all these different semi clues that that loop is still there and it's just not and it that just makes me feel like there is something that should have been done to convey this better so i, I have a couple of points i want to make that that uh um branch off of this and i'll the one i'll make first is about the um uh region stuff um you guys were talking about things like uh, vol- uh fire trucks vol- coming over and, and so on and so on this is the um uh, interchange between uh, fire coverage, health coverage, police coverage, that kind of thing, exposes the seams in the region play more than anything else in the game to me. And that's because those uh, things like fire trucks are not abstract, like shipping 100 tons of alloy or something, like that, which is very sort of arbitrary to declare that's happening. But um, fire trucks is like, well, I have a very discrete, probably very limited number of fire trucks because you have to buy a uh, garage for each one and you have to pay the hourly upkeep for them. This is actually fairly meaningful, the difference of one fire truck, right? It's noticeable in a city. And yet, it's actually more efficient for your fire truck to drive to someone else's city and put out a fire than it can be sometimes for your own city. Because in your own city, you have to actually navigate all of the crazy traffic, which might be really terrible. Um, Whereas it just kind of appears in an opponent's city because multiple cities in a region are not, I mean, it has to drive on the freeway, I guess, but multiple cities in a region aren't sharing the same time scale at all. Um, This is a case where I feel like if the game Maxis wanted to make was actually this really uncompromising online multi-city region thing, that would actually be a very interesting game or at least a very interesting mode in a game, right? But it's not the game that exists because these cities cannot be truly in sync with each other because each individual player can choose whatever time scale they want. You can even go, you can go and visit uh, another player's city and be visiting his city in a different time scale than he is playing it in, thereby completely guaranteeing you're seeing a complete, a potentially entirely different version of the city that he has because he's doing things to that city while you're watching it, which is not being reflected in real time. 
which means it's impossible to actually sync up the simulation between trucks in one city and those trucks visiting another city. Because when your fire truck is in someone else's city, it doesn't mean it's not in yours because you might not even be signed on right now. Or if you are signed on, you might be in a different time scale at a totally different time of day, uh, which means what your fire truck is doing in another city is just a different instantiation of that truck. I mean, what I'm getting at is basically that the entire way that they've implemented multi-city region play in this game fundamentally works against I mean it just it, it just ignores their basic design decision that is theoretically at the root of the game which is that everything is represented in a one-to-one simulation that's completely tossed out the window when it comes to multiple cities and it's the result of a lot of very unpredictable behavior um and it's also the kind of thing that makes me constantly unsure whether a particular piece of behavior is a bug or just a quirk of how the simulation works, either within a city or in multi-city region play. I find myself constantly asking myself, is this not working right because it's just how it works or because there's actually something wrong? And I never know. There's, I constantly am wondering that. And I, I wish that if they were going to do this mandated online thing, they had just just done it and and really committed to it and actually I mean there would be hard there would be difficult choices to make um in that model you'd have to do things like enforce uh, a constant simulation speed across the region but if you're going to require all this online authentication stuff anyway maybe just make that the case maybe say you press you change the simulation speed the other player gets a little menu that says do you agree to changing this right now and then you do. I mean, I, I don't know. It would be a hard problem to solve, which is why it would probably be better relegated to a, a mode that users can opt into rather than the entire identity of the game. But right now, they're in this weird half world where neither the intended design nor the reality actually works. They're both they're they're both compromising to the other in ways that are just that are just not not good. Yeah, I have this beautiful screenshot of the traffic in my city being so backed up that it's halfway through my neighbor's city. It's just like that it's oh, one on, wow. on one of the regions where it's um, like a, the highway is just a straight line, one city, the next city, the next city. And my city was at the end of the line. The traffic was going back through theirs. And she said that, nope, she didn't see a thing. Yeah, it- yeah, there's there's a lot of the, yeah. So they they didn't solve a lot of these problems, and they in, in some ways it almost feels like they they barely tackled them. But there's one other thing that really bothers me about the region system, uh, and this goes along with the decision to make cities very small so that you'd have to specialize. And again, so many things keep returning to this vision that was really dubious the more you think about it and the more you talk about it, but. This idea that you'd have to specialize your cities, and the way they sort of force specialization is that each city uh, gets sort of this postage stamp parcel of land. Uh, that like you have enough in- you have enough space to run maybe one major industry, uh, one, you know, one major specialization, and then a few uh, residential and commercial zones just to uh, generate cash uh, in-, in tax revenue. And there's one thing that really frustrates me with that is. I begin. I begin to feel like I'm creating these cookie cutter cities. That whatever the specialization is is almost immaterial. A tourist city doesn't really operate all that differently from a mining town. It's just instead of mines, I've got a bunch of tourist crap uh, at the corners that draws tourists, and it, the, the 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 mechanics are still the same. And what I kind of miss is this idea that I can create 
uh, really diverse cities. Like, do I want to create Manhattan? You know, like, do I want to create Manhattan uh, where it's just like block after block of dense, dense buildings? Do I want to create New York where there's like outer boroughs with, you know, each with their own character and role to play in the city? Do I want to create, create L.A. Uh, and just sprawl everywhere? And it's like this conglomeration of suburbs and, and downtown and these various communities. None of that is possible in this in this Sim City, and I, I think you really lose something when you get rid of those in between spaces between downtowns. This is every city is basically downtown. Even bedroom communities are downtowns, and that's really that's not again. This isn't how cities work, and this and a, really a big part of the appeal for me with a city builder, and I feel there are other city builders that do this much better, is giving a city its its character by having like having each city tackle problems of uh well geography being destiny for example you know like where do people live where do people work in the city and and dealing with matters of sprawl none of that really is in play in in this version of in this version of sim city and the repetition of city structure from re- from from city to city really kind of gets me down after a point because if like after a very short time I kind of begin to feel like I'm doing much the same thing in place after place. So that's actually um I don't know if if you guys are ready to to switch topics um at this point but that reminds me a lot of the Anno games. Um that was, that was a seg. Yeah, so um <laughs> the funny thing is the Anno games which I really enjoy feel like they're almost entirely deterministic like I know I mean, that's put, deterministic is putting it strongly, but I, I know what, what a nano city is going to be when I start making it. Like, those games are not very expressive um, in the way that SimCity theoretically is, right? Like, the, the building tools in SimCity are incredibly expressive. It's just that over the course of building a city in the, in the new SimCity game, y- as you say, Rob, it will just end up approximating every other city. You're so limited in space that you have to chase building density at all costs because I've never had a city, regardless of specialization or anything, that isn't just constantly demanding more residential all the time. Um, and th- you can chase density until everything in the city is high density, but they still want more people and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so cities do end up approximating each other regardless of specialization. But the Anno games are like that too in that those games are so clockwork and so specific in how everything needs to work. They're kind of the opposite of SimCity in how um, elastic they are. You know, you guys were saying SimCity, it feels like you can just never fail. Things will always just keep working, even if even if people are complaining and, and so on. Uh, Anno games are the opposite of that. Nothing will work unless you chase this incredibly complex equilibrium of economic uh, balance, um, uh, of economic um, interconnected needs and dependencies. Uh, those games are all about uh, building just enough production of a particular thing that you can feed it into uh, other demands for other kinds of productions. You know, build, um, uh, basalt and uh, and shipping sand to build glass, and then those go to a place that that uh, builds the books, like all the. I mean, there's just there's so much intricacy and complexity. Um, the, but to oh, sorry, clarify, this is uh, kind of a scenario-based game, right? No, it's sandbox. You can do a sandbox mode. There, there are okay. there's a campaign and there are missions, but I usually just play in sandbox. But okay. the thing is, 
I only people... played in the scenario when I tried it. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's the same though. I mean, it's pretty. It, it's, but it's, the mechanics. But are the even same. in this, even in the sandbox, you're still dealing with this very complicated scaffolding, right? That's you kind are of the exactly because the thing that you're trying to achieve in um, uh, in sandbox mode is just you know, I guess, increase your population. Um, you want you want your citizens to rise up in the social hierarchy, but but the higher your citizens get in the social hierarchy, the more complicated and and, and uh, numerous demands they have, and those demands come in the form of complicated uh, resources or goods or buildings that have a, a huge amounts of dependencies. The reason it doesn't bother me in the Anno games is because I feel like I know what I'm signing up for uh, in an Anno game. I I I, I know that to make this society function i need to be essentially a watchmaker you know i need to i need to get in there and tune these economic systems very specifically and the feedback is is relatively clear um and when something's not working it's obvious it's because there's not enough of this or not enough of that uh, in sim city you know cities all end up approximating each other but it's kind of just because they do not because you're all trying to achieve the same thing like you are in a nano game. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. Another area in which those games are similar is that they're both incredibly beautiful. Although I've, I'm not as crazy about the aesthetics of Anno 2070. I'm, I love the 1404 Dawn of Discovery, you know, big Gothic cathedral and kind of pastoral landscapes and so on. It's a lot more appealing to me. Well, 2070 is a dystopian city builder. I mean, really, like, if the 14, 1404 is this, like, glorious you know, glorious architectural era. Um, you know, it's, what was the American title? Like Dawn of Discovery or something like that? Yeah, Dawn of Discovery. Yeah. Uh, and so it's evoking something very different, whereas uh, Anno 2070 is very much this, like, fiend de cicle, uh, you know, city builder, where it's like, you're you're always, it, feel, it feels like you're building hab complexes in the 40K universe almost more than uh, the, the lush cities. And that's, and that's true even if you go green. But, but you know what's funny, though, about, um, <laughs> about the Anno games and the difference in setting is that they're identical, right? Like the yeah. game underneath is 100% the same. I feel like um, the, <laughs> the people who develop these games have such a specific weird interpretation of society. Like the, the way society works in 2070 versus 1404 is apparently exactly the same, <laughs> according to these games. It's, it's kind of absurd. Which is which is the reason that I feel totally comfortable not ever really getting into 2070 um, for purely aesthetic grounds because I'm like everything going on under, under the hood is absolutely no different to everything going on under the hood in 1404. So I guess I'll just play the one that I think looks more beautiful. Right. Because um, there's really no, – there, there's I mean th- there are minor um, interface improvements in 2070 that would be nice to have in 1404. Um, but, you know, it's – there – 2070 uh, is a very safe sequel, or at least as safe as a sequel in a weird genre like this is ever going to be. Um, whereas SimCity is has this huge, towering ambition behind it that uh, under which the game just kind of crumbles. Um, 2070 is like built on this very strong foundation of a well understood game system that's been honed for years that they can kind of put a new coat of paint on, and it all it all the house is still there. It's all fine. I I kind of wonder how different the SimCity experience would be if it wasn't SimCity, but if it was more specific, if it had a a more pointed aesthetic goal. You know, if this was if this had been built as a uh, I don't know medieval Japan simulator or whatever, and it 
basically functioned roughly the same, except that everything was not supposed to be every town USA. Um, just kind of a thought experiment. I, I'm not sure it would end up all that different, but I think I might be more I'd, interested I, in it for longer. I, you know, it's funny. I, um, I think you're right that it wouldn't end up very, very much different because I, the game it almost feels like doesn't. I mean, this this goes to a point that I've made a, a few times on the podcast on this episode of this uh, before is that I, I, I kind of wish there were more intentionality from the design side about what this is all supposed to mean, all these systems. You know, I, I've seen a lot of, um, there, a lot of the early criticism about this game, um, after the, after, you know, after the wave of the server criticisms, which everybody now understand, like everybody's aware of the server problems. So the next wave of criticism about this game that I was aware of was people talking about the, how it really only depicts or even attempts to depict, um, kind of, urban American urban planning circa 1950, you know, that, that kind of, uh, very automobile based road based urban planning and this very specific, uh, aesthetic and, and, and so on. And I, I think that's, I, I'm not swayed by those arguments for a couple of reasons. One of which is I don't think the game actually asserts that very strongly in anything other than just, this is that roads need to be everywhere. Like I, I, I I feel like the game actually, if anything, suffers from not having a clearer picture of, of what it's trying to simulate. Um, it seems like the simulation that they ended up with is just the result of these all these low-level systems they thought were interesting without any of that high-level editorial. Yeah, I'm writing a piece currently, or editing, actually. They bounced it back to me. I finished. But anyway, I'm writing a piece about how um, the politics behind SimCity and how it should have some kind of point of view behind it but because everything in it is such a mess it turns into this totally unintentional satire of the pointlessness <laughs> of modern american economics like the only reason industry exists is to provide people with jobs um it it's just like people are all idiots who will go directly to the nearest thing that they want, regardless of whether there's traffic or there's a better match for them. It's it, if it was intentional, it would be hilarious, but trying to understand it and actually play it and make it better is really frustrating. The other night I was out with my, uh, with my buddy, Bill Sabram, uh, who's a game designer. He's moved over into, uh, like not so much mobile gaming, but like, uh, Games for change, games for health. But he—he's, you know, he doesn't play PC games much these days. But he remembers, you know, he loves SimCity 2000 and everything. And he was asking me all these questions about the new SimCity and everything. And you know, I started—I started describing it for him. But he was like, "Wait, wait a minute, though. Does the like doesn't this game deal with like the service economy at all? Like, why is why is industry always profitable? Why is industry always you know sprouting up to generate jobs for 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 your citizens? Uh, why like why is that always happening in every city? Like that's that's not he's like this is this is kind of the problem of uh you know modern life and American life in, in a lot of ways right now is that uh you know that that, that doesn't happen uh, and so there's there's all these new challenges cropping up from the fact that a lot of like these traditional models have broken down and he thought you know he was really frustrated by that because like for for him we had this whole conversation where we're talking about you know stuff that was uh, going on in politics going on going on in our region and for him like you know sim city really like 
we all like we all understand on on some basic level now that this is this is this is uh, you know part of life. This is part of reality, and SimCity kind of dodges that by just like you know sort of this Pollyanna view where it's like just just build factories and people will charge their money tank and then they'll go to the shops and they'll be happy. And like that really not only like you know whether or not the game needs to make an argument about you know postmodern societies or not. What it, what it doesn't do is create any sort of interesting gameplay challenge from from area to area, uh, the way that some of these more deterministic city builders do. And I would also, ever I would also note that every single city that I've made, I've deleted as much industry as I could once I got the like seven that you need to start building other things, because I always need the jobs used somewhere else. Like industry is so utterly ridiculously pointless if you have anything else going on. Um, and I just find that kind of hilarious because they make things that go nowhere so people can go buy things that come from nowhere. This is this is something that, uh, you know, city builders like, um, you know, the Caesar series, uh, for example, and, and, and the Anno series, I think, handles it a little bit differently. But these are these are at least games that sort of have this idea that like your city there is specialization that happens, but the specialization is actually uh, very context sensitive. Like, you know, in in Caesar, you you run into a thing where, like, once you got your city specializing in, um, you know, grape and olive production, and then you had the you know secondary manufacturers of creating wine and uh, you know olive oil, you lived and died by the health of that in- industry. And if something, you know, if something went wrong, be it a natural disaster or a fire or anything like that, uh, having like having to recover from that kind of disruption uh, to something that was, you know, pretty basic to how your city functioned was was really difficult. And I think that maybe turns us back to what we were talking about earlier about disruption, where. I feel like, uh, you know, perhaps the Anno series operates this way, but I know, like, the Caesar games, and I think maybe, uh, you know, the Pharaoh did, uh, Pharaoh did as well. They, they deal with the, they, 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 they deal with this idea that a city, when everything is good, will just hum along, and it's this complex organism that, you know, there is something undergirding that structure that has to keep working. There's a heart to your city. And once it skips a beat, everything goes real wrong real fast. And I actually kind of I actually kind of like that in the city builder because then it becomes this test of uh disaster planning almost. That not only do you have to create the successful city, but you also need to sort of keep in mind the fact that it can all blow up at any moment. And that's something that you know I've traditionally found really interesting in the city builder that SimCity just kind of gets away from. I actually don't mind that SimCity isn't about that. I that that part of the game I actually prefer that the, that the city is more resilient than that because I, when I play a game like SimCity, um, and I feel similarly about Civilization actually of all of all things, um, I kind of just want to relax and play it. I just wish that there were more intentionality or visibility about 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 what's going on. I don't mind that the city is is kind of weathering these problems because I feel like except for with you know outside of exceptional cases that's that's kind of how cities generally are. Um they they kind of stick around even if they go through periods of of less prosperity. Yeah. But um but I it's just that the stuff that's going on 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 the the smaller scale like day to day 
things just sort of wildly change for completely baffling or nonsensical reasons. And that's the mm-hmm. stuff that, that kind of bothers me. I, I don't, I don't mind that, that, uh, in the, in the long time scale, uh, the city is more resilient. Um, I think that bringing up the the impression city builders that you did, Rob, is really interesting because they seem to be kind of what SimCity is aiming for, um, not necessarily in the way that you were describing of focusing on the individual mm-hmm. industries and so on, but they, they had their agents, like you didn't just have the fire station, but they had the agent walking around who when he bypassed or passed by a city or a, a, a building that was now safe from fire for you know, 10 minutes until he needed to walk past it again. And this caused a sort of logic of building a city with as few intersections as possible. And um, that all worked. And it, I don't know that the AI was significantly worse than SimCity's AI, but I just don't really get an impression that SimCity is working like that. And I, I wish I could put my figure on exactly why, because those are my favorite city building games. I think Zeus is probably my favorite for the aesthetics, but Pharaoh was probably the most interesting from a gameplay perspective. Um, and I, I just wish I could understand what made those goofy little Sims or agents seem more intelligent than the goofy little agents in SimCity. You know, the the city builder that I've actually come away with the uh, highest regard in the wake of SimCity, uh, uh, the, the, the SimCity made me appreciate Tropico 4 much more ah. than I did at any other point. Because my problem with Tropico 4 was always a thematic one. That Tropico was, you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be, you know, this banana republic dictator, uh, you know, ripping the people off and, you know, just basically running, uh, you know, a, te- a terrible country and exploiting it for your own ends. And of course, what bothered me in Tropico 4 was, in general, you didn't want to do that. You just wanted to be a good. You wanted to be a good uh, dictator. You wanted to be a good, a good mayor yeah, totally. of the island. Yeah. And there was no real incentive for being this corrupt uh, jerk who's just trying to strip mine the island for its wealth. But if you set that aside, and just look at how it like models like creating a functional society in this island, looking back on it. It actually seems like a best-of-both-worlds type of game, and the only thing it gets wrong is the fact that it doesn't quite deliver on its theme. But when you talk about how it models, like, living on... How it models, like, creating a, you know, island city or an island nation, it it has the sense of permanence. Like, if you have a beautiful stretch of coastline that is a natural tourist destination, it could be a port, and an industrial center as well. But once you do that, once you trash it with industry, it's not going to be a tourist location. But if you design it to be a tourist location, you have to sort of sculpt the entire island around creating this illusion of this island paradise uh, by the bay. And it also has all these little individual actors moving from you know house to house. It's following their commutes, uh, what they want at any given time. And I came away from SimCity sort of going like, man, Tropico really delivered on a lot of the stuff just a little more, uh, you know, a little more adroitly. So I haven't played uh, Tropico 4, but I played a lot of Tropico 3. Is it pretty, is it basically? They are, from, I am given to understand they are the same game. I was yeah. not surprised by that. Yeah. And I, um, I, I think it's, it's interesting that we've been comparing SimCity to a lot of these other games that have, who's, um, you know, Anno's another example where they kind of figured out their formula and just stuck with it for iteration after iteration, it'll be interesting t- to see if 
they immediately go on to making another SimCity game and try and rethink this at all or refine it at all. Um, because they were starting from a point of they, – they were kind of taking a new stab at something. And it seems like they had to serve a couple different masters in the game design um, simultaneously and weren't entirely sure how to go about that at every turn. Um, and I would be curious to see how – what another attempt at this general model looked like. Because I feel like I'm still interested in the general model that they that they bit off. Um, they just – I, you know, it's obviously not. It's obviously not fully baked. Um, I think that one of the things that SimCity, one of the masters that SimCity is serving, is trying to connect itself to the Sims, and people are have like focused on the social Farmville esque atmosphere of the asynchronous multiplayer and all that. Mm. But mm-hmm. I think that the Sims is actually more detrimental in that it what it's why they want the agents to be so specific even though they're not it's why they want um it's why all the regions seem to be so generic like when i open up the sims 3 like i see all these different suburban maps that i can play on and they're all like kind of pleasantly green like what if i wanted a really snowy city what if i wanted um you know a a tropical sort of setting and those things just aren't there um deserts and so on um and so i think that that that's kind of part of one of the issues with how SimCity was designed but it's also a model for how they're going to look at it going forward which is to do a whole bunch of expansion packs um, they're, they're, just like the yeah. sims 3 and totally i would right. i would i would prefer to be wrong on this because that model kind of makes me grate my teeth but I just, it just seems so simsy that I I would be surprised to be wrong. It's tough to know. I feel like there's a there's a scale problem here. Like when you when you look at games like uh, Tropico and The Sims, those are you know as as you guys have mentioned, those are also games that rely heavily on uh, modeling individual agents uh, and and creating an interesting broader simulation out of that. I wonder if it's just if if part of the problem is that that model of simulation at least when you're when you're designing a game that has to run on home computers because as we all know by now this game is in fact running on your computer and not <laughs> not actually on a server somewhere um i you know i wonder if there's just a limit to how how much that scales up in terms of like how much geographical area and how many sheer numbers of individual agents you're simulating because tropico is a lot smaller scale than a sim city region uh, and obviously, so is The Sims, and those games both pick their battles um, pretty pretty well and pretty cleanly. And SimCity doesn't, right? Like you scale up to the population and the size of a SimCity of, of multiple SimCity cities, you know, in a, in a region, and there are expectations of cities and regions of that size that you have that that maybe the model that they've chosen simply doesn't scale to. You know, I mean, it's, you look at the, they, they've talked about how they limited the city sizes themselves for that reason, but they didn't limit the overall scope of the game, obviously. Um, and, and maybe even the, the small city size they have is in fact, um, too big of a scale for the design they, they bit off, or maybe it's not too big and they just weren't able in their own design 
to to scale it up well. I, it's tough to say, right? Like it's all it's a theoretical discussion entirely, but there's obviously something that's not that's not scaling. Well, one of my Twitter friends, uh, Michael Sweeney, got into a discussion with me last night about it, and he compared it to Dwarf Fortress, which is not something that I would have initially done, mm. but. Um, he described how once you get above a hundred or so individual agents, the systems start getting confusing and falling apart. And I think the dwarf fortress, I mean, you can't ever say that those dwarf, those dwarves aren't complex enough, right? Absolutely. Um, like the most modern PC will start falling apart when you get above 200 dwarves trying to do all their different things with all their different injuries on each individual finger and all that. Um, but even still that game is a lot more fun when you have like one to 75 dwarves than when you start getting above and have something that seems to be like humming along. Um, and like, like I said, I wasn't initially even wouldn't even have considered a, that comparison, but I think it's, there's actually, oh, I think it's totally something pretty, there's something, yeah, I think there's something really interesting there. He also noticed that, um, EA ends their fiscal year on March 31st, which answered the question of why, if the game seemed unfinished, as I hypothesized, uh, EA would have released it in such an odd point, um, which I thought bears mentioning, at least to debunk. I mean, I don't have the information to, you know, debunk it. Like, I have no idea what... I have no idea what they expect from this, really. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, my, like, honestly, my fear in the wake of all this is, you know, there's going to be some sort of investor call in a few weeks where you hear them talking about, uh, you know, the model for city for city builders and strategy games is not what they hoped it would be. Uh, they're adjusting expectations and they are renewing their focus on core franchises and genres, which, you know, and, and I can, I, I, Battlefield. Can almost, I can almost see, I can almost hear it, you know, hear it happening, see it happening. Uh, and you know, my, my, my fear, cause uh, I think the reason I have this fear is in part because there's a lot of things I like in SimCity. I think the way it displays information, uh, the in, the the real time infographics that overlay mm -hmm. your yeah, city great. are just astonishingly beautiful. Uh, the artwork is incredible. I wish there were a little more variety and maybe a little less uh, always American focused, but be that as it may, the artwork is really lovely. It's lovely to watch these cities, but there is no getting around the fact that I am deeply ambivalent about pretty much every decision they made about how they model a city, uh, how they model regions, uh, all their design choices, I think, are uh, really double-edged swords in ways they didn't anticipate. And so in some ways, like if this, if this, if the, if SimCity falls short, if it, if it turns out not to be a success, you know, my reaction is, you know, it has to be in part, well, you know, it's, it's cause it's just, it's, it's not, it, this is not a great SimCity game. Uh, and, you know, my, my fear is that, you know, that Maxis is kind of, uh, that the fate of Maxis, at least, uh, is in some way tied to this thing. Uh, and certainly their ability to make games that aren't The Sims. Uh, well, is they, tied survived, to they survived Dark Spore. <laughs> uh, that's true. Did, did they make Dark Spore, though? Or was they that did. the Maxis that label? Was Max no, that was Maxis. That was their game after Spore. Oh. Yeah, was that the one weird. that they, <laughs> was that the one that they shut down briefly after and then kind of got revamped or? I don't know. There was a lot of there was definitely a lot of uh, change at that studio. Yeah, um, yeah. That's another interesting DRM trivia in that the DRM activation for new players just stopped working for a week, so you could buy the game and not play it. Um, and that was like oh a week God. where it was on a Steam sale, and like oh, that that's right. Yeah, I think you heard about that. Yeah.
Yeah, and uh, EA, I guess, did not learn that lesson. But um, so, uh, my my, because I know we're we're just about out of time here. My my my, my question for you guys is like. Do you actually like SimCity very much? <laughs> uh, I like it in spite of itself and in spite of myself. I, you know, I, um, I, the way that I have to play that game is by kind of forcibly shutting down certain parts of my own personal investment in what's going on. Um, because if I see the game purely as a city design tool and not as a robust large-scale simulation, I'm perfectly happy to just chug along in my region with my buddy and watch our ridiculously beautiful cities sprout up next to each other and our people go back and forth between them, sort of. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I, I enjoy that so much that it's enough to kind of bully my overall um, enjoyment of the game. But I'm definitely not strongly invested in it the way that I wish I were. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I wish I were more forceful in my enthusiasm for it, but I just have to have this kind of consciously dampened, um, set of expectations when I play it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not there. I, I'm hurt. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's a game that it seemed to do everything right. So right visually and so wrong in terms of what I want out of a strategy game that like when I feel safe in not playing it, um, because like I said, I still have this piece that I'm working on that I hopefully don't need to play it again. But when I feel safe deleting it and playing, maybe playing in six months if they patch and, or even if mods are start being allowed, then I'll be happy to do so. But right now this is just not the sort of game that I want and not the sort of game that I would have expected. And, um, it's kind of sad, but I, I, I have to protect myself, you know? Well, you'll always, you'll always have SimCity 2000. True. Or, or Zeus. I'm, yeah, God got the Zeus expansion, which I never played. So maybe I'll try that, or I'll yeah. go further into Anno or the Children of the Nile game that Troy keeps pushing. Yeah, both very, both very good choices, and that's and, and that uh, that is part of the thing. And it, it sort of seems like SimCity was sort of like arrived as uh, for a lot of I think like from the mainstream point of view or mainstream such as exists in gaming. Uh, you know, as ah, now we have a city builder again. Uh, but really, I mean, there's you know, we've had a lot of them and a lot of good ones. And so, I, I, I think if I think if you've just been waiting and waiting for another SimCity, uh, you know, there's there's a good chance for a real disappointment here with this one because it's really uh, so divorced from uh, what SimCity's been in the past. But if you're looking for a good city builder, I mean, you know, it's it's actually a it's actually a pretty healthy genre. And uh, you know that that might that in some ways SimCity the new SimCity does not compare favorably uh, to every game in the genre. In other ways, it's it, it, you know it, it exceeds them. Is it is lovely, but uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think the fate of the city builder uh, you know hinges on SimCity. Uh, you know, in, in any sure. Way. It, although I will say there are not a lot of feasible alternatives to SimCity that attempt to depict the kind of city SimCity does. At least not current games you can buy right now that are acknowledged to be really good. Like there, there, uh, there's, I, I mean, you know, I've played more hours of Anno than I'd care to count, and, and Tropico Three, and I, and other city builder games, city builder games in recent years. But 
there is something that is just more intrinsically appealing about what SimCity is trying to do. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons, actually, I prefer um, the previous Anno games over 2070 um, uh, is just that they at least depict something from our own world as opposed to like someone's kind of shitty speculative fiction. But um, I'm even more attracted to SimCity, at least in the, in theory, um, because it does show the world. Like I love cities. I love I love the kinds of cities that I that I actually live in and, and visit now. And I I there are so few games, not just city builder games, but any video games that actually try to convince convincingly depict the actual world that we live in now. That when one of them comes out, it's like. Water, I feel like it's it, sh- it. I always want it to be kind of a watershed moment, right? I think Grand Theft Auto games have a similar aura about them. Not that the not that the gameplay of those games reflects really anything about how we live, but um, but they at least try to bite off environmentally the world we live in. And there's a, there are moments where you walk around in GTA 4 where it represents the feeling of being in a modern American city better than any other game I've ever played. Um, you know, not the part when you have a rocket launcher or, or running people <laughs> over in your car, but you know what I'm saying. And th- there are there are so few games in any genre that really bite that off that when someone tries, I always feel like I'm pulling for it. You know, it's like and so it's it's I, I think it's actually going I think it's a bigger potential hit to the genre to this kind of game than it would otherwise have been if that if, if the Sims if SimCity as a series didn't operate in that specific sphere because that is the sphere that just people generally can relate to. It doesn't require you're specifically a fan of like history or science fiction or fantasy or this or that. It just requires, you know, kind of what the world looks like and you, you might think that's interesting. Well, one of the things about SimCity and you kind of brought this up in terms of the American aesthetic is uh, it seems so ahistorical that, it's difficult for me to say that this isn't like someone's idealized version science oh, sure. fiction I, nonsense yeah. um, because, you know, it's just building a random city out of scratch that people seem to want to move to in 2013. Actually, um, honestly, like what I like, cause what you were saying there, what you were saying there, Chris is like a series about cities uh, that we live in now, the way we live now. And I think that's actually, I'm not kind saying of, it achieves that. I'm just saying no, this I'm, is what you'd want from it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right, but it got me thinking about actually what I might because I I think we're I think when it comes to our relationship with cities in some ways we approach it with the same like love of history and love of character and love of the past and the way it informs the present that city builders in general exist in these these moments and whatever is the present in that game is all that will exist but cities evolve and change over time in reaction to different forces and actually it got me thinking about like how much i would really enjoy you know a civ meets sim city type game where it's like oh, you go man. from being like someone an industrial tried, age didn't they? that game civ city someone tried that one time did they did that go over time or was it just kind of a, oh, a Caesar sort of wannabe? Because yeah. like I could see like imagine an American city building game where you start a random city in 1800 and right. Um, well, a bit like you, railroads like, almost. Yeah. Like you, instead of building off the highways, you build off the railroads. And then when roads become popular or you can encourage roads to become popular by like investing in tech sort of things near where you are or that sort of thing. And like, uh, I, I can just keep imagining all these ways that all the things that SimCity is kind of trying to do could work really well. Like the whole mm-hmm. co-op thing. Um, you imagine doing a co-op system where you 
smaller cities are more efficient than bigger cities in terms of getting taxes. And you start with a small city and there are a bunch of other potential small cities around and you grow it out and it interacts with others and you grow it out physically. Like you say, I want to buy more land. I'm going to spend, you know, $100,000 on buying, you know, enough land for 20 more apartment buildings and like all these different things you're like trying to build each of them at once and like all these things like conceptually seemed like really good ideas to me and instead we get like it might be the only plausible way that it could be done but it just seems like a really not good way that it was done where you have these very small defined areas. You have this slice of time that is just loves American cars and roads. And <laughs> it, I, like, I, I just want these other things that could be so much more interesting to me. And I, I don't know, I, maybe it's just the history major in me talking, but I feel like building things over time is more interesting than having a thing that you just deal with forever. No, I think it is. The history of cities is certainly about uh, about that and i think that would be interesting it's just uh I, i'm sure there's part of it is just can you imagine all the assets you'd have to create and all the different like it, it yeah just, it i know just be... i was thinking about that as a game developer and it was giving me an aneurysm but oh my god oh, you basically oh, yeah. theoretically fascinating <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing my fan fiction here but yeah, yeah um, total no total no but so yes yeah, so that's a resounding negative from rowan a bit more of a lukewarm from chris and yeah i'm i'm uh a bit I'm, I'm i'm pretty much lukewarm as well i think um you know something that russ pitts brought up in his uh, review for polygon he focused a lot on how uh addictive and eminently playable uh sim city is and i gotta admit like it is that. for all my problems with it it does get under my skin in uh, ways that like it's a game i have to sort of tear myself away from it's very good at uh rewarding <sighs> You know, it, it it like there's always something cool that's about to happen, something to keep playing for. Uh, but when I look back on the whole of the experience, I'm I'm not as convinced. Uh, you know, I, like when I look back on it, I'm like, boy, that was probably I probably could have spent those five hours better than I did. I feel like they built the best city builder building tool set to date. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I want it to be I want it to be employed in a in a fuller game. Yeah. It, Let's see. I, I wish I were at that point, but it's more like I play for half an hour and I'm like, this is so beautiful. I love watching my new buildings get built. I love making all this money. And then something happens and I'm done after 45 minutes. It's just like, I don't understand why my ferry only gets 100 passengers and my train gets a thousand and my ferry is so much better positioned. And I yeah. just, I, it just frustrates me so much that, I mean, I wouldn't call it a rage quit, but it's a, an annoyance quit. Well, that that will uh, that will do it for our show. Uh, I guess we're all just going to be holding out for uh, the SimCity offline expansion or the SimCity sprawl <laughs> expansion. You'll be holding out uh, for a while. Or, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Or just just give me some. Just tell me. Just give tell me what microtransaction it'll take to to <laughs> join two or three city regions together so I can just play in a regular goddamn city. Uh, but until that day. Uh, we got to make do with what we've got, and uh, the verdict is very mixed. Uh, but anyway, I want to thank you guys for spending your Sunday evening with me uh, and talking about SimCity. Uh, Chris, always a pleasure having you on the show, and uh, I don't know, you interested in doing Heart of the Swarm next week? I have not even played Heart of the Swarm. I need to... I... Oh, this is, this is sad. Yeah, this, is, but... this does not bode well for StarCraft. Yeah, I you know, I, I've totally fallen out of StarCraft over the last year. I was... I was so fully consumed by it for a year, both as a player 
and as just being completely up to date on the whole pro scene and everything. And I've just, I've really fallen out of it um, recently. But I've heard the actual Heart of the Form campaign is excellent, which is surprising to me. And it makes me actually quite curious to play it. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly good. Um, it's, uh, well, that's that's topic for next week. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, as always, thanks to Michael Hermes for editing this together. Uh, and we'll see you next week with what should be Heart of the Swarm, but I won't swear to it. Uh, so talk to you next week. Thanks, Rob. All right, have a good night.